Hey there, folks. Welcome to Rock and Rally Tennis, where it's all tennis, all the time. I'm James Lynn. Follow us on Twitter at Rock and Rally. That's rock underscore and underscore rally. And on Facebook at facebook.com backslash rock and rally tennis. This is podcast episode number 188. Well, that, that was certainly an unusual U.S. Open to watch over the past couple of weeks. But first things first, congratulations to the women's and men's champions, Naomi Osaka and Dominic Thiem. For Osaka, it was her second U.S. Open singles title and third Grand Slam singles title overall. For Thiem, it was his first Grand Slam singles title. Now, there was a lot to like about Osaka and the way she effectively managed her game, channeled her drive and emotions en route to winning the championship. As a player and individual, she displayed impressive growth and maturity. On court, she let her game speak for itself. Off court, continued, she continued to advocate the social issues important to her and many others. Regarding her game, I was impressed by what I saw over the two weeks. Osaka's game has continued to evolve and get better. In particular, she showed a much greater willingness to be patient during rallies, to put a few more balls into play when needed until getting her opportunity to be offensive. Whereas, I think in past years, her tendency was to go for too much from defensive circumstances to try to hit that low percentage shot to win the point. I believe if she simply stays on this current course, the WTA could finally have its next dominant champion for years to come. Now, I also want to give a nice shout out to Victoria Azarenka for getting to the final and having a great tournament. Along the way, defeating Serena in the semis and easily dispatching some very tough opponents in previous rounds, including Sabalenka and Mertens. It was the best form I've seen from Azarenka in a long time. Her defense and aggressive counterpunching was spot on throughout the tournament. Moreover, she also displayed the mental toughness that helped her win three Grand Slam singles titles. So hopefully, this is the kickstart to the restart of even more great things to come from her. For Serena, it's try again next time for Grand Slam singles title number 24. Now, I still believe Serena will get number 24. And yes, Serena will celebrate her 39th birthday in a couple of weeks. But she still has the game along with all the intangibles of a 23-time major champion to win another one. On that note, and let me put this out there, in my view, Serena has to find a way to shorten the points. While she can still blast it from the baseline as well as any player on tour, she is not the mover she used to be. Moreover, there are a lot more players these days who strike the ball as hard, if not harder, than Serena. And as I always tell my players, you can hit only what you can get to. It's easy to unload on the ball when you are able to get yourself properly set. But when you have to move a few steps to make your strike and do it over and over again throughout the course of a match, it's a much tougher challenge, especially as one gets older. Now, one thing I believe could help her is if she mixed in her backhand slice a little more during these rallies. Even more so if she could add a little variety to that backhand slice. Specifically, a short backhand chip that would draw opponents to net or at a minimum draw them into that in-between part of the court from where many of today's players are not as comfortable playing. I believe Serena will win most of those points. But in any case, it was still a great run to the semifinals for Serena. And one final thought regarding the Women's U.S. Open. I thought the quality of play in the two semifinals and final was outstanding. Those three matches were among the, match, among the best matches we have seen in the majors from the women over the past few years. And I'm certainly looking forward to seeing more of that in a couple of weeks' uh, time at the French Open. For the men, I've got to give mad props to Dominic Team. I mean, even though he entered the tournament as the number two seed and most accomplished of the players yet to win a major, 
I really thought he would have some difficulty managing the very fast court conditions at this year's US Open. So hats off to him. It was a fantastic effort and outcome for team, especially to do it coming back from uh, down two sets in the final against an equally motivated Alexander Zverev. For Zverev, it was tough to watch the raw emotions and obvious disappointment on display during the trophy presentation. He was very classy and gracious with his words. This lost opportunity will probably sting for a little while. However, on the positive side, I believe there is a huge takeaway for Zverev. Now, I watched all of his matches. Overall, I thought he played fairly well. With the exception of his first two rounds, we never saw Zverev able to maintain that high level of consistency throughout an entire match. The inclines and drop-offs were fairly prominent. And yet, he got all the way to the final, losing in a fifth set tiebreak at a point here or there from winning it. So for Zverev, there is something really good to feel about here, knowing that he can still win matches at a grand slam while not playing his best tennis. It's always something valuable to build on. Now, with that said, look, he's got to continue to work out the issues of his second serve. On more than just several occasions throughout the tournament, you know, we saw Zverev uh, essentially go for two first serves because of the work in progress of his second serve. Sometimes going for that big second serve works out, but more often than not, you're just giving away potentially critical points to your opponent with a double fault. Once he gets that second serve ironed out, I have no doubt he will be a fixture in the final four of many, many slams in the future. Lastly, I want to share some thoughts on the Djokovic situation from the tournament. Now, let me say without any qualification that the tournament official absolutely made the correct call to default Djokovic after he inadvertently but carelessly hit a lines person in the throat with the ball uh, in his fourth round match against uh, Karina Busta. There's not much more to say about that that, well, that frankly hasn't already been said. Now, I'm a big fan of Djokovic, but there's no excusing what happened. He obviously should have known better, especially when he was the overwhelming favorite to win this U.S. Open and his 18th major overall. It was unbelievably careless. Now, we'll see when all is said and done whether this comes back and haunts him as he continues to try to chase down Federer and Nadal in the record books. So enough said there. Now, what I thought was rather revealing was how neutral or lukewarm Djokovic appears to be, well, liked or not for lack of a better way of expressing it, by many of the former tennis players turned commentators and analysts, many of whom were quick to offer up the obvious, the rules are the rules, and you'll have to face the consequences if you break them, as their base for some rather critical comments regarding Djokovic. Funny, if you go back to some of the previous incidents from past US Opens involving rules infractions, penalties for poor conduct towards chair umpires and line judges, you'd see that many of these same commentators and analysts were well, let's just say they're, they're, they weren't exactly consistent in how they handled the immediate aftermath of, the, of all of these occurrences. Now, my point here is not about the commentators or analysts. It's about Djokovic, one of the all-time greats in men's tennis who may very well end up eclipsing the on-court achievements of Federer and Nadal when all is said and done. Now, as a tennis fan, I just think it's a real shame and disappointing for such an accomplished champion to see that reveal of how he may be received and or perceived by some of the greats and notables in tennis. Anyway, food for thought. So the 2020 US Open is in the history books. Next up in this bizarro year will be the French Open in a couple of weeks, where many eyes will be on Nadal as he looks to win his unprecedented 13th French Open crown and tie Federer for most Grand Slam singles title overall at 20. Well, that's all for this episode, folks. Thanks for joining us at Rock and Rally Tennis. Until next time, continue to stay safe, stay healthy, stay strong. Please subscribe to our podcast at rockandrallytennis.com. I'm James Lynn. See you next time.